It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome to another sparkling edition of Plank of the Week. We are here sitting in Talk Radio's TV studios about to launch ourselves in another collection of complete planks. And I'm delighted to say uh, that I'm welcoming back this week Emily Carver, uh, a woman who has been all over the media recently, actually. I mean, I can't stop seeing you. You're always on Talk Radio. You're on Sky quite a bit now. You're on all sorts of different media. Will Geddes is here as well. International man of mystery, as I like to call him. How are you both? Very well. Oh, I'm good. very good. This yeah. it's, it's been a great week for planks, hasn't it? I mean, it really has. I mean, we've been struggling actually to come together uh, with enough uh, to, to melt them all down into just the nine that we do, because of course, famously, we carry one over. Don't forget, by the way, if you haven't done it, you need to subscribe to the YouTube channel where we do all sorts of other great stuff as well. Do you know how many views I had on Twitter last week alone? Go on. Because I, this is the growth of talk radio. I actually do know. 730,000. Wow. Just on Twitter. Wow. Forget about YouTube. I mean, That's that was amazing. just videos that we put out on Twitter. Absolutely amazing. So thank you to everybody for, for watching those. Uh, let's start off with you, Will. Who's your first plank of the week? Well, like you said, my, I mean, it's been a really tough choice because there have been so many contenders this week. Uh, I think my first nomination has got to be Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yes. I think that's a very good choice. And quite a late uh, entry as well, because it wasn't until yesterday that they decided to throw themselves into the brink. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's brilliant that maybe they're not getting as much attention. Maybe they're not getting as many customers as they'd like. Um, or just simply jumping on the woke bandwagon mm. of the pandemic, uh, where they've now decided to remove what has been an iconic catchphrase of finger licking good. <laughs> I mean, when you say it, though, it does sound a bit odd, doesn't it? I mean, I mean, I yeah, never but thought whose fingers it until, are you licking? That's well, the, it doesn't the really. This yeah. is the trouble. People yeah. started asking that question, and it's not really about that. It's just that it, when you hear it said, you see it on a sign, it doesn't really matter. But when you hear people saying it, as they have been for the last sort of twenty-four hours, it just doesn't sound very good as a slogan. If you walked into a marketing meeting and said, "Got a great slogan, guys? How about this? Finger licking good?" You'd be going, "Get out." Just yeah, but, to, just yeah, get yeah. Out. but it doesn't matter where you are in the world, where you go, you could be in the darkest corners of the globe. Yeah. And if you see that welcoming face of the colonel, colonel and that reassuring phrase of it's finger licking good, mm. you know, you know, there's a little piece of yeah, home but honestly, have you ever there. said the phrase until no. now? No. No. And how does it sound, Will? It sounds it, it a bit. Doesn't, doesn't sound great, especially <laughs> to, during a pandemic. I don't know. <laughs> I, I do well, have just, it a dark it world. It conjures up all sorts of really, really unusual uh, visions for me anyway. Uh, just, I mean, I, I don't even want to go into it, but it just sounds wrong somehow. You well, know? it's kind of repulsive anyway. I mean, if someone was sitting at a dinner yeah. table with you and they start, they finger start licking, licking their good, fingers. Yeah. yeah I think he's backtracking now. Yeah. I mean, this is it. <laughs> but it is, I mean, it is a bit ridiculous to announce it now on the grounds that they think that because of that slogan, people might be passing the coronavirus to one another. And they're going to be safer. Huh? They're going to be safer. But what about a sharing bucket, you know? Because, you know, there's a bucket... I don't like the sound of that share. either, to be honest. Well, again, it's, it's all kind of... <laughs> Is this like a social responsibility thing rather than a PR thing? Yeah. Is this them showing oh, they care? Know. 
Could we? I mean, this well, we've now got a situation where when you play golf, you're not allowed to uh, put your ball into the hole because you're not supposed to put your hand in there because what? it might. Yeah, you're not. You, you people are playing golf, but they're not actually putting the ball in the hole because that's not allowed under the rules. Because otherwise, too many hands will go in, and it, it could be a potential source of, uh, of can the you, infection. Can you get COVID nineteen from grass? Well, it's uh, it's not grass technically. It's a sort of it's a metal kind of internal hole thing, yeah. isn't it? Not being look, a golfer. We're going to look back at this moment in time and just think, what yeah, the hell what were we were thinking? thinking? Do you know? I've got a, a, a confession to make. I've never ever had Kentucky Fried Chicken. I've you never not? eaten it. I haven't either. Have you I, not? I actually had it for the first time. Not so long ago, really? and and it was really didn't meet with my expectations. Well, do you know what I love but is that there's all <laughs> kinds of copycat uh, fried chicken places yeah. in South London. I don't know if it's the same everywhere else, but in South London, you, if you go down the Old Kent Road, you literally can't oh, go yeah. for ten yards without Southern Fried Chicken or you know Deptford Fried Chicken or something chicken like that. Chicken Hut, chicken. And there's just loads and loads yeah. of imitators who have can't got go fried with. chicken in the title. But presumably are, are safe from copyright. They haven't had the you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken lawyers down. Just don't um, get the colonel. And they there. don't use the, yeah. the colonel's picture. And of course, they don't use the phrase finger licking good because presumably <laughs> that's copyrighted. But you know So what? they're now going to have to go around every single outlet and scrub it out. <laughs> I, I, well, exactly. How much is that going to cost them in the rebranding? Right. And I've got an, another branding contender for oh, my yeah. planks this week, which I'll come on to later. But it's going to cost them a fortune removing mm -hmm. it. Uh, aren't they a wee bit late? Three, four months down the line well, to start saying, you know, if this is a COVID-19 pandemic related piece of public health advice that we want to give, right. that is it really going to achieve a great deal. I think it's uh, I think it's just remember we're here. Yeah. You know, if you're feeling hungry. And you wonder, don't you, Emily, about the thought process behind deciding to come out and say it? Because they could have done it, as you say, any number of times. Um, you know, years gone by, could have done it in March, April, Feb, you know, they could have done, why did they do I mean, it I now? I haven't seen their sales figures, so maybe they're uh, in the pan, maybe they're drying mm. up, people just don't like that slogan. That's They've it. probably done a survey or two, you know. But is These that people aren't the... all stupid. Well, I, I went the other day. <laughs> you <laughs> went the other say? day. Well, I'm more of a McDonald's <laughs> kind of person, I'd yes, say. Yes, I, I would say I'm more of a McDonald's really? person. I'm kind of a, you know, I have the craving for McDonald's and then like 45 minutes but later, you, I regret yeah. it. If I've, had, if I've had one, I don't then have to have one for a, quite a long time. Yeah. I'm not a massive, I'm not a massive fast food fan, actually. Although there's a Wimpy in <gasps> um, Bermondsey High Street uh, or Bermondsey Park Road. And I stopped there the other day. So I thought, I haven't had a Wimpy for years. It was really good. I believe that's when I my didn't parents even know still had their going. first date. Well, the original Wimpies used to be, used to be Table great. Service. But they had very unusually um, sort of specific burgers, which didn't, nobody else could reproduce. This, this one just tasted like a really good burger. It didn't taste like the old Wimpies, which were really small and in funny rolls. Like shoe leather. Yeah, and you'd go in and they'd have, I remember as a child, it was so long ago, I'm not going to tell you, but they used to have these, uh, you know, tomato, uh, tomato sauce in a sort of plastic bottle. Yeah. Which wasn't actually ketchup. It was just their own stuff. Exactly. And it was cool. It's brilliant. It was very and it cool. was shaped like a tomato and it had like the green leaf That's at the it, top yeah. with a nozzle That's at the top. That's exactly right. See, Emily, you don't know what you missed. I actually do know what you mean. Really? Yeah. You could probably you buy these now retro. You could probably I buy these. I don't want to own it. Well, I think we may be getting too carried away with the food. Anyway, tell us about, <laughs> tell us about your first anyway, one. Anyway, my first plank is someone I love to hate and it's Meghan Markle. Oh, yes. Although it could be the two of them. I mean, I can't quite believe they still have, still have their titles. I know. 
It's really quite remarkable, isn't it? Because they sort of they veer in and out of the plank of the week. They haven't been in it for for a while together, but they've certainly been in it both together and separately. Yeah, I mean, what's been winding me up this week is the amount of Zoom calls mm. Megan has been making. Well, considering that she went to America to sort of hide away from the public eye, she's always on television, mm. constantly. She's constantly making videos. I mean, like one a day. <laughs> I know, poor Megan. She just had to get out of the limelight. Um, but she, these uh, these Zoom calls have become more and more cringeworthy. Mm. I can't quite believe that she's saying what she is. She told us that she uh, is... Um, Sorry, I've lost my train of thought. Was it about the voting? Was it, was it well, about, about urging everybody not to vote for Donald Trump? Oh, yeah. Saying it. In a very, very subtle way, yeah. wasn't it? it was you sa- know what and, to do. And the, what I feel really sad for is Harry's just stood on the side like that. Yeah. You know, while she's just going, go, coming across with her best. He looks like a husk, doesn't he? He just literally oh, looks yeah. like a husk. And then the other one uh, where she, it's just her and not him, presumably he's filming her. Presumably, Presumably he's, he's standing there, you know, holding the camera, yeah. egging her on. Really? Whilst, although I do believe I think they got a whole film crew there. <laughs> I think makeup artists. <laughs> The I thing wouldn't is, be surprised. She sat there in her multi-billion pound mansion, presumably, mm. talking about privilege, talking about unconscious bias, yeah. talking about how this US election, and she takes a big, deep breath inwards and it's says, only 75 there's, only, days away. Yeah, there's only 75 days away. We need change. We need to do better for this. We all need to come together and materialise right. this new future for America. And it's just puke enticing, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> what on earth gives isn't it right, great, though, that all these woke like types, they say, when they say we want to come together, actually, that's not what they mean. They mean that they want you to vote for the other person who's not Donald Trump, exactly. no matter who it is, whether it's Joe Biden. I'll tell you what I found interesting, and I don't know whether you saw the, the video that we did from last week. Biden made his acceptance speech, right? And he sounded normal again. I'm saying that he was somehow, it was, wasn't his voice because it sounded like Joe Biden from about 10 years ago, you know, yeah. quite a strong voice, quite sort of, you know, determined. But now he talks very haltingly and with a very weak, thin voice. And the voice that came out of the convention virtually was not the voice that he normally speaks with. It sounded much less weak, much yeah. more kind of definitive. And I'm wondering whether it was a pre-recorded, uh, messed around with video um, whereby he was actually miming the speech. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time they'd come up with some dirty tricks, would it? I wouldn't be that surprised. I mean, to be honest, I think, can we take anything at face value uh, no. in terms of the electioneering that's going on over there at the moment? And any of the information, any of the stats from all, from all sides, yeah. I, I think I, I feel sorry for the American public in terms of how their vote is being swayed right now and yeah. as to who they have to play. And Trump's their basically to. saying if he loses... It will be because they cheated him out of winning, yeah. which oh, yeah. is a masterstroke, actually. Oh, but because, did, you I mean, recent, you know, did you see their recent uh, the Republican Party sort of uh, ad that's gone out, which basically is just like it's everything's going to be uh, disastrous. Everybody's going to die. Right. The whole country's going to fall apart uh, if you vote in the Democrats. I mean, the, the whole thing is a mm. complete mess. I yeah. mean, it's a nightmare. America's yeah. in a terrible place at the moment. Yeah, it's not good. It? It's I mean, horrific. I mean, we look at our cultural wars. It's just absolutely horrendous over there. Can't quite believe that these are the two people they have to choose between. I know. It really is hard to imagine that you can't find two people who are sort of under 70, you know, who are not completely and utterly, uh, completely opposing ends of the spectrum, fighting each other for the best job in the world. Because you've yeah. got to think of it as the best job in the world. Yeah. It's got to be a great job. Right? I can't think of another country where there are two pretty rotten opposition <laughs> sides. Can you? <laughs> Well, I just hope Trump wins. Know, it'll be great fun. Has to vote for. It'll just be very funny if Trump wins. So I'm hoping <laughs> that he does. Uh, my first nomination is the BBC. Uh, now, I did wonder whether it would be a particular part of the BBC, whether it would be the outgoing director general, 
who basically Lord Tony Hall of Birkenhead, uh, who left the, the job, multi-million pound job, with a very nice pension, to go off to the Edinburgh um, Television Festival to say basically that the BBC needs more money, not less, uh, in order to protect everybody in this country from fake news. Um, and he also said that the BBC should become the voice of Britain um, after Brexit. So he clearly hasn't learned anything during his tenure as, uh, as the very well-paid uh, you know, director general. Instead of the, being the voice of Britain, though, they decided to cancel the last night of the proms. Oh. And, I mean, they finally now sort of rescinded slightly on the grounds that, all right, then, I'll tell you what, we'll hire in this Finnish conductor who's basically told us we're too nationalistic, which we, I don't think we need to be told by someone from Finland. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, no more uh, land of hope and glory. No more rural Britannia. We can't have any of that. This is far too jingoistic. So they went, yeah, all right, then. And I mean, that's what it's for, the last night of the proms, yeah. singing that, those two songs. And it's not jingoistic, it's not nationalistic, it's just fun, yeah. apart from anything else. And I've been playing the songs all week, and it actually does make you feel quite good. They're very rousing pieces of music, They're you know? They're so rousing, and it's also this £100 million of extra funding for diversity oh, that yes. they're planning to pump in, yes. which is just ludicrous. I mean, the BBC has diversity coming out of its, uh, I don't know... Rear end. Rear end. Yes. Well, They've I mean, got so many different um, different diversity campaigns. No, it's and hard to believe, more, isn't it? They're more diverse than the general public. Oh, they certainly are. I think they're doing are. pretty well in that respect. Well, this so. is the thing, and I mean, I said to somebody the other day, I'm looking forward to the number of white working-class people they're going to hire, because if you walk into the broadcasting house, you won't find anybody who's white and working yeah. class and in fact you won't find anybody who's working class at all because all of the diverse people that they have working there have all been to private school know, or exactly. they've all been to university yeah. they're not ordinary people off the street no. you know they're just very privileged people who happen to be from different ethnic minority backgrounds so actually everyone at the BBC <laughs> is the same but I just don't understand how they're not listening to all the people who are telling them this isn't the diversity that we need no. we need diversity of opinion yeah. I mean people keep saying yeah it doesn't seem to get into their no. Well, they don't know anybody. It's, it's, it's but that's because they, exercise, because they don't it, know really. anyone with a different opinion, do they? No. I mean, it's fundamentally the diversity plan, as far as I can see it. And this applies almost wholesale to so many organisations that it's a box tick. Mm. Are we ticking this box? Are we ticking this box? Rather than, as you say, coming up with an intelligent solution and saying, OK, which demographics really need our help and support? So, for example, you know, what about new hires of individuals over the age of 55, mm. say, or veterans, for that matter, or homeless, yeah. or, or various individuals, rather than going, well, we've got to appeal to this minority or this minority or this minority yeah. by ticking the box. I mean, they haven't even got a sort of intern program which allows people to enter the organisation from a particularly, say, underprivileged area. Mm. They don't even have that. You'd think they would do that. Wouldn't that be the first thing you would do? Yeah, exactly. You'd say, right, I'll tell you what, we're going to have a, a sort of scholarship programme of some kind where we're going to go into the poorest parts of Britain, whether they be somewhere like, I don't know, Bury or Blackburn. I'm not saying that they're all poor in the north. That would be wrong. But, you know, go to somewhere where there's, there's deprivation and start awarding some, some decent jobs. Give, give some people some hope. Yeah, Instead of build, which, they just go... The that, doesn't it? it yeah. starts in our schools as well, where there's a a lack of uh, quality of education going on around around the country that we need to fix first before the BBC yeah. can, uh, can I mean, really get diversity. I think it doesn't go by that I go on Twitter and see defund the BBC. Well, I, think, quite a big I think everyone's now. getting really sick and tired of basically 
the BBC are doing this kind of slightly preachy approach right now. And I think there's obviously good elements there. And they produce some fantastic products. They do. And they generate they a course, lot of revenue. But, but the other thing they did this week was, uh, in, in addition, I should just finish the point about the Land of Hope and Glory. They're going to allow the, the songs to be played, but without the lyrics. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to actually hear what the words say What's because that might be a bit dangerous, apparently, because yeah. you might somehow get influenced by it and you might, you know, go off running off and start yeah. a revolution or something. I mean, I don't know. You, but, but they also did this week. Um, announced that, well, we're going to have to have cutbacks, so we're going to do away with the news. And you go, what? what? <clears throat> the 6 o'clock news and the 10 o'clock news You're are going to be consigned, apparently, to online only. So you oh. won't be able to watch it on a telly. I mean, I mean isn't that what they're supposed to be doing? They're just scrambling around to try and pick up, I don't know, younger generations who have, they've already lost now. They've never they should them. give up on that. They've they should stick them. to what they do well right. and just leave it at that. Because just at the moment, David Attenborough out doing... on a daily basis. <laughs> Keep the news. Well, he's not going to be around but forever, is he? But they're trying to appeal to my generation with these god-awful podcasts about oh, unconscious bias right. and about, you know, wokeism and about, I don't know, BLM. And it's just, come on now. They've got some very odd sexually oriented ones as well, which yes. you just kind of go, who would have even come up with that idea? It's so ridiculous. Like what? I can't remember. There was like one I saw the other day um, about women talking about things that they did. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's an oh official God, like BBC, <laughs> BBC podcast. I can't remember who was who was on it, but I just went. I would. I mean, you would no longer listen to that, and you would listen to somebody boring a hole in a wall. You know, it just sounds awful, sounds tasteless, doesn't sound like very funny. Yeah. Just sounds horrendous. Just you awful. know, what? I, I don't know whether sort of you guys are the same as me. Gynecological. I rarely. The only things I ever watch live on the BBC is probably the news. Yeah. And the news, and everything else <laughs> I go on iPlayer for. And literally, I am struggling to find anything. The, the, I think the last decent thing that I saw was the Murdoch's documentary, yes. which was really good. Well, when you say and decent, they, I mean, it wasn't actually any good. It was a little well, cobbled. I, I, yeah, I mean, they could have made it certainly a Well, they could part. have made it a bit more truthful. I mean, there was only three parts to it, wasn't it? Well, it's just every well yeah, but I mean, the Iraq, the they didn't Iraq have, War didn't, one, that was have, really good It didn't good have one. very many facts in it, though. Well, they left a lot of other facts that they could have put in out. Yeah. Well, obviously, the thing. Yeah. obviously yeah. there are talented people at the BBC, but there's so much other... Um, other Should. competition yeah. and every single drama seems to have some sort of underlying woke messaging yeah, yeah. to sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. educate the plebs and it just winds people also, up also they keep employing the same people you yes. know you put the tv on and it's the same oh that's the bloke from that other show yeah. you know <laughs> that he was in the last big sort of period drama that they did you know and it's just like not just a huge period drama fan me neither yeah. no yeah. no i, I mean, don't I'm, mind a period drama no well, I mean, I suppose you, uh, you <laughs> would like a period drama. Nice. Yeah, but they can't do those now, apart from having sort of, they have to have mad sexual scenes in them, you know, and it has to be completely... Hang on, which one was that? Well, all of them. Just make a man. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I don't particularly necessarily need to watch period drama sex scenes. No, I just, you know, right. they can do without it. them. Yeah, but uh, it's already piquing my interest a bit more now. <laughs> well, you've got to get through an awful lot of horrible, other ghastly, boring Thank stuff. Thank God for the fast forward, that. Mike. Maybe That's you can I fast forward. I actually, I, my, my Freeview um, box stopped working for a while. Yeah. I thought it was because my remote wasn't working, but it turned out it was <laughs> actually. You've got a Freeview box. I've got a Freeview box, yeah, because my television. Oh, you such a snob. <laughs> it's my television, which is supposed to have Freeview on it. Um, is not plugged, connect, connected to an aerial, so I had to get a booster box. So they said to, said to me, the best thing you can do is get a Freeview box because okay. I don't pay for Sky. I don't think it's worth it. It's a ridiculous amount of money. It's a lot of money. Well, it is, and it's not much. Again, there's not an awful lot to watch on it. That, no. you know, I mean, I watch Sky News. That's about it. Um, but I found myself for an entire week without using any of the channels of regular television. It didn't matter because I don't really watch it anyway. Yeah. You know, so I was quite happy with Amazon, Netflix, YouTube, 
you know. Um, yeah, I think I've done Netflix now. I think I've lapped it now. And I didn't miss it. So anyway, I fixed it because in the end, what I thought I would do, rather than schlepping off to get a new remote, um, I unplugged it for five minutes and plugged it back in again and it was just stuck and then now it works again. <laughs> so it goes to show you so I'm sorry I'm sorry that uh, I've got a freebie box my apologies for being so backward anyway Will give us your second one okay so my next one is uh, Avanti Trains oh yes okay so now where do they run because I'm not sure who they uh, are I think it's down in the southwest. oh is it okay if I'm not mistaken I may All have right. got this wrong oh, you're going to correct me I'm never sure so, where any of them I mean obviously south I don't trains, take a train southwest Mike. trains I'm, a, I'm more of a well, nobody kind does of guy I mean, yeah, there's that's literally true. nobody on them you know what I came on the tube today and I've been using the tube pretty much every day and there's uh -huh. like five people in a carriage so it's amazing isn't it it, it really is quite but astounding. the traffic it is horrendous people are obviously paying a congestion charge they don't seem to care because the traffic has never been worse yeah it's horrendous yeah. but Avanti trains what they, we've, they've decided to do is because obviously you know most people are never happy with their train service or their train provider right. and usually there's complaints of lacking of customer service yeah. or cancelled you know, trains cancelled trains or certainly you know reduction you know right. fees are, you know the costs and fares are going up on a regular case uh, on a regular basis so um, probably rather than invest in maybe all those areas mm. a really good idea would be to jump on the woke train again <laughs> and paint your entire livery in pride colors oh for god's sake and you know what uh, before Jeez. i get all the haters hunting me down on twitter i actually spoke to some of my gay mates about this and i said look okay this i'm, I'm seeing mike and, like, and I'm, Emily, I'm gonna bring uh, uh, you know what, what's your I'm view on this i'm worried i might be a bigot yeah exactly <laughs> and they turned around for a change um and they turned around to me and they said oh my god it's just embarrassing <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's getting to that point of just being embarrassing yeah. it's almost like it's like the children all sat in the room and they're going little timmy stand up and sing us a song yeah. it's like Really, we don't need this attention. Right. It's almost too much. Well, this is it. I mean, I saw and it can't have been cheap. Can't have been it cheap can't to have been do all cheap. of that. No. Yeah. But, I mean, I saw somebody the other day actually complaining about the whole. It, it sort of came from that conversation about the the BAME community. Mm. You know, because people who are of black and minority ethnic backgrounds are not the same. It's to sort of lump them all in as if they are mm. is totally ludicrous. That would and somebody so gay, much. and somebody yeah. gay came out and said the same thing. They were yeah. like, yeah, because we all get lumped in with this LGBTQ plus yeah. A minus whatever the hell it is. And they're like, we're not all the same, you know, all homogenous individuals, you know, no. we're not the same. We so don't stop all treating want multicolored trains. No. And so just because you're gay doesn't mean you want the train to be multicolored. Yeah. Does it? Is it going to make you travel on an Avanti more? Uh, it might make some people travel on it less. Yeah. You know. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I think I th it's just they, they could have done it? something. Maybe they wanted to just do the driver's cabin. But this is the entire length of the train. And it's just... For me, whenever I see kind of really ridiculous spending and investment yeah. on things which ultimately you're going to get very minimal return yeah. from, whereas, okay, I don't use their trains, but there are probably quite a few of your viewers of this show that do. Yeah. And they'll be thinking, there are so many better ways that it could be done. You know, chairs get reupholstered, so it's slightly more comfortable. Well, on how the long about you drive. don't actually run a, a ridiculously useless bus service on a Sunday, yeah. which is when quite a lot of people need to travel, yeah. or you go somewhere um, and you need to come back from there. But on a Sunday, you can't mm. because there's no train, because yeah. it, and it's because it's Sunday. Yeah. Also, it wasn't Pride Month like a couple of months ago. I was going to say, yeah, I think it's a while ago, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't know there was an was actual it Pride month. Pride Year now. <laughs> I didn't know there was an actual it's Pride, Pride Year month. now, Mike. Oh, is it? Yeah, blimey. They had yeah. Pride Day. Now it's Pride Month, so you know, Why not? maybe Pride Year. Pride Why not? <laughs> but even still, but even you know if it what is I Pride found Year, out only the other day. Apparently, the government continues to subsidise these various different train lines um, to the same extent, regardless of how many passengers they carry. 
So the fact that they're not actually getting any revenue at all, yeah. they don't care. No. Because they get the same money from the government that they got anyway. Exactly. Which so it's a total I mean, I don't know who controls these government contracts, but whoever is doing it is a complete idiot and should be a plank. Like the Circo. Like the Circo thing, yeah. Like Circo, yeah. Circo ring up. I said this, you know, you ring up, you go, Hi, I'm from Circo. Oh great, we'll put you straight through. Because uh, you've already got these other contracts with us, so mm. you want another one? Yeah, we'd like one now for uh, shipping all these migrants from Dover up to various points of the rest of the country. We're going to put them up in a load of hotels. How much do you want for that? About three billion. Okay, then. <laughs> Great. Marvellous. It takes that off our hands. Nice work if you it's can get bad, it. It's not bad, is it? I mean, yeah. I'd love to be running a company like that. You don't even actually have to do anything. Because you then hire the other coach company, mm. you hire the hotel company, you just pocket the money. Yeah. I, I, I think it's incredible. just like any of us taxpayers, I think it's... The, the Avani thing for me particularly was just like, you know, okay, my, my, my taxes may not directly go towards that investment. Mm. But it's just looking at this sort of public spending and you just think, you know, what is it? Just a couple of kids with an abacus and a bag of crayons. And yeah. go, well, we'll do, do a bit of this and yeah, we'll sign off on that. And yeah. I don't know. It's not their money. They don't yeah. care. Who's your number two, Emily? So my number two is a new story that's come out today, I think. It's the uh, director of the British Museum. Oh, yes. And his name <gasps> is... <laughs> Uh, Director Hartwig Fisher. Hartwig, that's a good name. Hartwig. He's not Finnish. That is a good name. <laughs> I don't know, it sounds kind of like he's sounds a bit German, doesn't it? it? Yeah. <laughs> they just want to, this uh, is what know. happens when you join the European Union. Suddenly everything's being run by Europeans. <laughs> <laughs> taking our history. So what taking did, our... What did Hartwig do? <laughs> so he uh, decided that because of BLM and because of all these conversations that they needed to remove the uh, statue, well, the breast of the uh, Sir Hans Sloan, who was the founder of the British Museum, if you right. didn't know, yeah. and is responsible for the first 71,000 artefacts okay. that sort of Hans started. Hans his name. Hans Sloan. So Hans, so he's not English either, no, then, by the sounds of it. Either. I'm surprised they call it the British Museum at all. What's going on? <laughs> Anyway, they decided to remove this. And, you know, you could say fair enough. It's the director's choice. He's trying to, you know, put it somewhere else with mm. better signage, saying right. that this man was, um, was um, involved in colonialism and the slave trade, which is fair enough. But it was the justification that he gave that was just so right. bizarre and showed such a lack of um, understanding of where we are in this debate around culture and the culture wars. Mm. He said, the way he justified his action, he said that he wants to rewrite are shared, complicated, and at times very painful history. So this man has actually admitted to the public in his statement <laughs> that he wants to rewrite, rewrite history. history. I mean, sorry. didn't that used to be an insult? Oh. You go, are oh, no. you trying to rewrite history? Yes. <laughs> He's the yes. director of the British Museum. His job is to look after artifacts, right? And history. Not to re- and history. Yeah. Preserve history, you would have thought, but yeah. no, he wants to rewrite history. And, That's um, extraordinary. It sort of beggars belief, doesn't it? It does. And he also, I don't know where they get these words and turns of phrase from, because he said, he said, healing is knowledge. Now, do you know is what that knowledge? means? No, no. So this is all part of the healing process that is, in and of itself, knowledge. Is that so, like, I'm feeling better? <laughs> Well, you're feeling better because you've been told something that did happen actually never happened. Yeah, exactly. And then you don't have to Placebo. think about it. Yeah. You know. I mean, people want to be proud of their history. They want to know about their history. Sure, if you're at the British Museum. But surely this statue of the founder of the museum should stay there. Yeah. Yes, we can put a little sign to say that he got his money and his artefacts, perhaps not in uh, the way that you would now mm. in 2020. But it's just madness, and I think that people are sick and tired of having this sort of onslaught against so their culture. So are, are they putting his statue somewhere in the building? Or? Yeah, they're going to put it elsewhere. 
with a little more context. Unbelievable. But this is the founder of the museum. This is I ridiculous. I mean, the next this thing that will happen is they'll stop calling it the British Museum. Yeah. They'll just call the it museum. the museum. Right? <laughs> like the BBC will stop being the British Broadcasting Corporation. But I don't think we're that far off that. I don't think At I the moment, we are. it really does feel like that. Yeah. I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's just one or two things here and there. This is just, you know, ma manufactured, uh, right. manufactured but conversation. Like refrain, but it's yeah. really not. It's like the refrain of, oh, it's just a lot of gammons getting upset about yeah. a song. You know, land of hope and glory. Who cares? You know, well, it's not just about a song, actually. It's about as exactly it's about you say. Speech. This whole kind of no, but it's about this whole movement that's of of people yeah. who seem to hate what it is that we stand for and hate where we came from, hate what we used to do, and basically hate British history. I and know, it's, it's a shame to hear that the man that's running the British Museum hates British history. And then people throwing around the word jingoistic yeah. as if. People are scum just yeah. for wanting to sing. And nationalism the apparently national now anthem. is an insult. Oh, you're one of those nationalists. Well, well yeah. Do you know what I do now? You I know. just say and. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm quite proud of my country. What's wrong with it's, that? It's just, it's just this oversensitivity. So I mean, good Scots example. Scots are allowed to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're not nationalistic up there, that's an insult. You know. But this deletion of of our history, and albeit the the maybe the parts of our history that we're a bit ashamed of or weren't brilliant, and on reflection now we may think, hang on, that mm. was pretty ill-judged or it was bad or who knows whether it was the circumstances. But a good example is I, I watched a classic last night on TV. I watched The Long Good Friday. Oh, yes. When was the last that time you saw that? Film. I haven't seen that for a few years. Because so, it hasn't been on anything for a while. No, and I mean, and that was on in the 80s and it's a classic gangster film, London gangster film if you haven't seen Emily. And it was made in the 80s mm. and there were so many things, so many racist things, misogynistic things that they do just as a matter of course, yeah. which was kind of accepted at that time. Mm. But you watch now and you cringe and I actually felt myself quite a few times going, oh, they didn't exactly. say that. we've changed and we know that we've changed. Exactly, and we recognise it. Now, does that mean, oh, we should delete movies like that so we don't know about it? No, the only way we can learn is by looking back on things yeah. with a new perspective and going, yeah, maybe that wasn't like the best Mad way to approach Men. it. Yeah. Mad Men, brilliant series. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that wouldn't be able to be made now. Maybe Even not. though it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, when they say things like Little Britain can't be made now, I don't even think that was that long ago. It probably no. was 10 or 15 years, I suppose. But, you know... You kind of go, really? Mm. Why not? And I, they're having this big debate now about spitting image, aren't they? Because spitting image, apparently, I don't think they're actually going to broadcast on re regular, what they call linear television. I think you're going to have to go somewhere and find it. Oh, really? Either on the iPad. Yeah, because they're too nervous. And they're now worried about, you know, Meghan and Harry, for example. They're now worried whether they can even do Meghan, because if they do, anything they do will be considered racist. Or they'll sue. Well, I know they might sue as well, yeah. yeah. But it's the idea that you can sort of control how people feel and right. think just by banning things. And it's just... I mean, how can you ban satire? I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's satirical in itself. I'll give you oh, image will be awful, I'm sure. I mean, can you imagine if you're only allowed to... I was listening to Hawksby and Jacobs yesterday, funnily enough. Um, and Andy Jacobs said, you know, if you're only allowed to satirise one group of people, mm. you might as well not bother. Surely you can satirise everyone. Isn't yeah. that the point? So people aren't so vulnerable. Right. This is like a new form of racism, isn't it? It really is. They can't. And it's not just about racism, it's about everything. It's about, yeah. you know, anything that they don't want you to think. Yeah. You can't think. Well, that, and I'm if sorry, you oppose the majority, the, or the minority for that yeah. matter, then you're in trouble. I know. It? it really is bizarre. Well, my second nomination is the Daily Mail. Uh, the Daily Mail, awesome. for me, has gone from being one of the great newspapers of the world to one of the worst and it's not an accident, and that's because Paul Dacre, who was one of the great editors, mm. has been removed because he wasn't considered woke enough and replaced by a guy called Geordie Gregg, right. um, who's an old Etonian. Uh, he's a baronet, right? But he's also a champagne socialist, and he's right. also a Remainer. 
So he's totally changed the Daily Mail from what it was, which was an old-fashioned, fairly right-of-centre newspaper with what you might call traditional values, right? They published a story this week about Boris Johnson being on holiday. Now, whether you like Boris Johnson or not, I think the guy has an entitlement to go on holiday, considering what happened to him this year. I mean, I felt pretty sorry for him, actually. He's sitting on the side of a cliff somewhere in the west coast of Scotland, where it's not very hot, where the midges literally come at you, you know, 10 to the dozen. He's got a baby in a, a papoose, right? And he's got his young girlfriend and he's in a tent. I mean, that doesn't sound like holiday to me, right? But they then say, and they do a picture of the cottage, which is obviously quite an unusual looking cottage, picture of the tent. I don't think they actually had a picture of him because they hadn't managed to do that. And they were very proudly pronouncing the fact that they weren't revealing the location where he was. And it's like, you've just published a picture yeah. of where he is. How are you not revealing the location? There's some suggestion that the name uh, of where he, or the, the, the town where he was staying, which was somewhere near Wester Ross, if you know that part of the world, yeah. up near Apple Cross, which is, it is a beautiful part it's of the world, stunning. but not the sort of place to go in the summer because the midges literally, I mean, if, you, if you've never been there, you don't know. My father used to go hiking in the Cairn Gorms up to quite a late age uh, because he just loved doing it. He would mm. take his easel and he would go painting and stuff. Um, and he used to come back with a face like a sort of football that had been punctured because he was so badly bitten because he would, he would tent, he would camp. He, he once said to me, do you want to come with me? I'm just been joking. <laughs> you know, I'm from North London, mate. I'm not going anywhere near mountains and midges. Not for Watford. You know, sorry, not happening. Um, but it's awful, absolutely awful. But I just think, you know, the, the fuss that they made, they put it pages one, two and three. Yeah. Um, so much so that uh, in the end he had to leave because obviously the Scots, yeah. many of them, particularly the Scott Nats, are not very keen on Boris Johnson. And the security implications alone, yeah, I mean, definitely. you're a guy that does security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you don't want is somebody publishing the, the house that the Prime Minister is staying in. No, exactly. I think it was really irresponsible. Yeah, no, so I think that was really mean of the paper. I think, as you say, look, love him or hate him, the guy needs a bit of a holiday considering, yeah. obviously, what's happened this year and the fact he's had COVID-19 and he's recovering from that and he's got a new child and he's with his girlfriend yeah. you know give the guy a week off without compromising him and you're right he, he would have had to up sticks and go you're gonna disagree <laughs> I, aren't you no 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 i mean he can have a holiday i'm all for that i was just looking at carrie looking feeling a bit sad i mean is this what she imagined life would be like with the prime minister well, she probably thought she'd be on the back of a super yacht somewhere with a glass <laughs> of champagne this is the trouble now for, for people isn't it remember cameron and his wife had to go to cornwall and i mean these are the people who've got more money than god right yeah. i mean she's even richer cornwall's than he is very nice Mike. you know well well it is nice but it's a hell of a place to get to and get back from and it's also full of people who don't want you to be there. You know, the Cornish are putting up signs saying, don't bother coming, oh, I tell go you home. What, I don't speed so... in Cornwall, I got three points this year from them. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny because you had this tent, like, what, about 200 metres, right. 100 metres away right. from this very, um, this humble cottage. Yeah. And it's like, why have they got a tent as well? It was so also, they made a great scene of the fact that it was £1,500 a, a week. <laughs> you know, I mean, I can imagine how much Geordie Gregg's summer ho holiday place cost him. Probably more like 20 grand. I should think he'd, he'd spit on a place that was only 1500 a week, yeah. you know. So, again, they just seem to get it completely wrong, the mail. You know, they've, they've, this week they've gone with some more of the kind of um, more traditional type stuff about uh, Rule Britannia and all that, and they're sort of on the side of the ordinary. But Daily Mail readers used to be the kind of the, uh, you know, the weather vane of what elections were going to be like and mm. what people actually, you know, if it was on the front page of the Daily Mail, you thought, that's Middle England right there. And I don't think doing Boris Johnson on holiday is Middle England at all. No. I, I just think it's mean-spirited. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think it's mean-spirited. I don't think the British people are like that. No, they're really not. No. They're not. They're, they're, and they're not going to look at that and go, 
Most people it's are going to have... It's a Guardian article front page, isn't it? It's a Guardian front page. It's a mirror front page. You know, yeah, the yeah. mirror is one of the worst yeah. papers now of all time. So bad that, that, you know, they've got nobody working there who's any good, effectively. And they just don't seem to know what the hell they do. They don't appeal to the working class Labour vote anymore because there isn't one. Because all the working class Labour vote has gone to vote for the Brexit party. Mm. So they're, they're lost. Completely no, they're going lost. with all the identity politics stuff. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. It's all over the place. Anyway, give us your number three. I'm going to get even more haters probably than the Avanti trains for this one. So my real bugbear, and I preface this with the fact that I am a cyclist, is cyclists in London. <laughs> and it's Just cyclists. All yeah, all of them. All Absolutely. Of them. Now, all of the ones who are on the pavement and run the red lights. Yeah. And well, that's all of them. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And I have to say, they're all planks as far as I'm mm. concerned who do that. Um, it is contrary to the highway code. But there seems to be, and actually the worst of the worst have got to be the Santander bike riders. They're, they're literally... You know, oh, the yeah, old well, those bikes. are the amateurs, aren't they? Yeah, these are the guys who just literally... You know, it's like the old saying in our world, what's the fastest car in the world, yeah. Mike? It's a rental car. Exactly, yeah. So <laughs> the Santander bikes... P.J. O'Rourke told me that. <laughs> yeah, Santander bikes are pretty much the same, right. same situation. So these guys are all over the place. And... For me, just on the pavement, it just does my head in. I don't even mind the scooters, the electronic scooters. Don't mind That's them. That's going to be a big, massive problem, though. It may That's become a big a problem, worse. but they're not bothering me now. But the fact that we've spent so much money creating these beautiful cycle lanes where most of Park Lane is gone, most of the embankment is gone, most of Hyde Park is gone yeah. for these cycle lanes, and none of them are using no. them, or only a few people are using them. It drives me insane. I know. And I am seriously considering for a week just imaging every infraction yeah. by well, a cyclist. You can just count one from me this count morning. Them all up. Because I was, I was crossing Tower Bridge Road this morning on the way into work. Yeah. And there was a red light and I stopped and this cyclist came past me and he took one leg off the right-hand side of the bike. So he kept his left foot, you know, on the other side. And yeah. so he was still on the bike. And he just went, kept, didn't stop, just carried on. I don't know whether by yeah. doing that he had somehow made that less of an offence. But I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But, I mean, they're always going through red lights. I mean, I mean, not to out myself, but I've taken a few journeys on a Santander bike. No have you helmet. done them after drinking? No and uh, a lot of I probably do it after was drinking. a bit of a danger, to be fair. Pardon? No, not on the pavement. Thank you. On a cycle lane. <laughs> but, I mean, it probably wasn't the safest thing. No. I imagine no, he would have been like, look at that woman, no, what's no, she doing? On the, on the road, I don't have a problem. Cycle lanes don't have a problem. It's when they're on pavements. Yeah. So that's what does my the head The problem in, now as well, though, is that there's so many of them. You yeah. know? And of course, they will always say, well, it's a lot healthier. It's a great way to get around. It's quicker. Probably all true. However, you know, I don't wish to travel by cycle to work because I've listened to the radio. Yeah. I've got a very nice car. I like sitting in it. I like driving in it. I don't like getting wet when it's raining. You know, mm. sorry, call me old fashioned. But, you know, there's loads of them now. There's literally yeah. Yeah. thousands of them in, in traffic, weaving in and out, yeah. you know, dangerously. I'm surprised more of them don't get killed. I mean, I'm torn because obviously it'd be nicer if there wasn't pollution. It'd be nicer if it was yeah, yeah, yeah. really clean air in London. But at the moment, they seem to be making it worse with these well, cycle lanes that just take up what could be two lanes yeah. for for traffic. And then you just have all the car exhaust there's just now, coming. Well, at the moment as well, massive pollution. Um, because of the fact that there's yeah. not only uh, all of these bikes around and the bike lanes, but there's now these ridiculous, uh, and I'm going to come on to Sadiq Khan in a minute, these ridiculous <laughs> um, blue and red fences that they've put out into the middle of the road. So the road becomes even smaller because you have to oh, have yeah, social yeah, yeah. distancing for the, the pavement where yeah. nobody's walking, by yeah, the way. Exactly. There isn't anyone. I mean, yeah. outside Borough Market, where we were the other yeah. week. You know, the, the, road is, the road is kind of now, you know, constantined into literally one lane on either side. Mm. And you can't actually do anything but sit in traffic. Yeah. And then there's a temporary traffic light 
which only allows about three cars through at a time. I mean, literally, I mean, I was sitting for 20 minutes the other yeah. day uh, on a road uh, around the back of um, Jamaica Road because there was a temporary traffic light and people were digging up next to it. And people just were coming through and not letting anybody go the other way. 20 minutes. 20 you minutes. You must have been infuriated. I wasn't happy. <laughs> but it was so, it went beyond rage because it was, you know, that point where you're just going to go and... I can't do anything. I don't know what I'm going to do. I <laughs> yeah, mean, I just got, be I'm either going mean, to get out and shoot someone. But London's terrible now. Or I'm just going to sit here. London's terrible now. The roads are so congested. Right. And look, I'm with you. I mean, I'm all for cycling. I'm all for cutting down the pollution. And I think Sadiq Khan having hoofed up, obviously, the congestion charge criminally in my estimation. Yeah, 15 you know, quid. Yeah, but also extending it till 10.30 at yeah. night and weekends. Yeah. I mean, really, is that helping local of business? It's no, it's basically refilling his coffers. Right for spending money on nonsense and mm. frippery, and probably, and PR, exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and, but So cyclists, you have my love, unless you're on the pavement and you're coming in my direction. Yeah, you know? exactly right. Your final oh, no, one? Now I fear we're becoming too London-centric. My next one <laughs> is Sean Bailey, who is the <gasps> Conservative like mayoral candidate. Um, yes, well, I, well, a lot I like of him. Well, him until the other day. Yeah, I like him. I, I, I would prefer him to win over Sadiq Khan, of course. But um, he decided to come out today or yesterday um, with a proposal that he clearly thought was very clever and would solve the drugs crisis in the UK. But essentially, he wants to mandate uh, businesses with over 250 employees to have random drug testing at work. And this is at a time where surely we want to get people back into the office. Do we really think that shaming, I don't know, Mike in HR for having a few spliffs over the weekend Mm. is the right way to go about it? I mean, it it. does have a point that there is a a huge number of people in sort of middle-class white-collar jobs who do fuel the cocaine trade in in, in the city and in also other parts of the country. It's not just a London thing. But, I mean, it's not just about that, is it? I mean, he claims that basically if everybody gave up coke, uh, there wouldn't be any gangs. It's like the people who say, it's like when Black Lives Matter say, oh, we'll just defund the police and legalise all drugs and that'll be fine. And you're like, right, OK, then. So you don't think there'd be any drug uh, overlords then? No, no, you just give it all to companies and they so could run it, yeah. run it that way. It's just another regulatory burden on companies that are trying to employ yeah. Yeah. and boost the economy. I mean, how many hoops do they need to go through? Imagine having random drug tests at work. I mean... Fair enough if you're operating like heavy machinery or if you're a pilot. <laughs> yeah. But that should, be, that should yeah. be the decision of the company, no? That well, also, be the yeah, there is, I mean, there are some companies that do it, I yeah, think. Yeah, of course you know. there are. Um, a lot of companies do. But, but, yeah. he, but there's no point in mandating it, no. one, one. And also, two, who's going to administer these tests? You and have, have to police it as well. And so yeah. the idea yeah. is that you would have a, a breakdown, I guess, like an, an annual you know, top to bottom, which businesses have the most drug users in them. Oh, and then it would yeah. shame the businesses. But it wouldn't no. shame the staff because they would remain anonymous. So it's a very bizarre proposal, and I don't think it has legs, to be honest. And I'm no, sure reputationally right. for those yeah. businesses, they, they're really going to disclose yeah. those data, that data, aren't they? And they already got the agenda pay gap data waived this year. They didn't mm. have to do that. So that was a good good thing. So don't add this onto their... Yeah, well, I mean, the gender pay gap's a joke anyway, isn't it? Because nobody, nobody actually can understand how it is that they come about uh, the so-called gender pay gap in the first place, you know, because they don't actually... They're comparing apples and oranges. They're not comparing, you know, like with like. They're yeah, not it's saying, like if the person at the desk downstairs right. earned less than you because they're a woman. Right. But uh, it but wouldn't be because they're a woman. There's also a bloke down there who's earning less than me, <laughs> and I'm not a woman either. So, you know, you kind of you just go, well, what the hell's going on here? What's the difference? So I'm going to make it even more London-centric now by going for Sadiq Khan. Not just because he's a complete plank most of the time and he's on this list. He's won it several times, actually. Um, not just because he's now uh, he's put the congestion charge up and extended it. Not just because of all the cycle lanes. Not just because uh, he then went out 
after having told everyone to stay at home, uh, is now trying to encourage people to go back to restaurants in London, mm. even though he's been telling them not to bother and he's making it more and more difficult for people to go anywhere. Uh, not only because he didn't bother protecting anybody on transport for London, but, and it's actually quite unfair this, because I'm told that it wasn't actually his fault. However, when they stuck, the Tower Bridge got stuck the other day um, and nobody could get over it because for some reason something went wrong with the I mechanism. Did you not see this? No, I, did I think not. it was Sunday it. afternoon. Yeah. So it was stuck like that. It started to come back. They'd opened it up for a ship or something, right? Yeah. And it went like that and it just sort of went. <laughs> it was like that for about four hours, right? Now, under normal circumstances, you just say, that's okay, we'll just use another bridge. London Bridge is shut. Right? right, so that's the next bridge along. You can't go over yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, if you get to the next bridge, uh, Southwark Bridge, yeah. that's partially shut. Uh, the next bridge from that is Blackfriars Bridge, which if you if you haven't got a migraine by the time you've reached the other side of it because of all the different traffic lights and yeah. cycle lanes and all that. So basically, the whole city was completely gridlocked oh, for no. the whole of Sunday, and he said that it wasn't his fault because nothing ever is his fault. <laughs> but I mean, quite frankly, if you're the mayor of London, his office is right next I was to Tower say Bridge. It's right next door. It's to right him. there. You know, um, and he didn't bother doing anything. He didn't come out and say anything. It was just an absolute shambles. And and the more you look at what he does and what he doesn't do, yeah. the more you think this guy's absolutely hopeless. Oh, yeah, he's totally unaccountable for yeah. his decisions as well because yeah. he doesn't answer any questions. He's infuriating. And he yeah. never comes on it's my show. Despot. We've asked him about 15 <laughs> times to come on the show. And now he doesn't even bother answering. I'm not surprised. To say no. To he doesn't fair. even go on uh, basically a lot of he channels, He goes on James right? O'Brien's show. Go on LBC. He goes on James O'Brien's show. Oh, just once James O'Brien. They probably get on real well. We were going to mention James O'Brien, oh. actually. We should give him an honourable mention. He's not going to be a plank because I don't want to make him too famous. Yeah. Um, but he has behaved very plankishly, has he not, by telling his caller, who, was... who basically rang up his show to say, he was trending on Twitter because of this, yeah. caller rang up to say, look, I think my kids should be going back to school. He basically said to him, if any child dies, it's on you. Exactly. And he did. Unbelievable. And, uh, you know what? It's funny because the first I got, I heard of it, I saw he was trending. And then I saw, obviously, that LBC had put out, uh, his, his channel had basically put out a statement. They saying, deleted the tweet first. Yeah, we put something out wrong and it was mm. misquoting. Here is the full interview. And I watched the whole interview. It was no different. And it was no different. No. I, I, so I, unless I'm missing also, something. How is, putting out, how is putting out an actual factual rendition of a telephone interview <laughs> yeah. in some way out of context. Oh, Sorry. He was so quick to throw his team under the bus oh, yeah. at LBC. Oh, yeah. It was like it was their fault, not mine. Yeah, I know. It's like, that's not very team-like. Well, I don't think <laughs> no team... No camaraderie there. It's not a, I don't think team is a word that he uses an awful lot. No, I don't think so. You know, I think he's Just a bit of a solo I. player, but there we are. So we won't make him a plank because I don't want to give him that much publicity. Uh, but there we are. So, so we've now got nine, I think, haven't we? So yeah, now we have we to do. whittle them down, yeah. right? So one each. So uh, do you want to choose mine or his? I don't mind. Okay. I'll choose Will's. Choose Will's. Okay, so Will, tell us your three again. Okay, so my three again was Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yep. Finger looking good. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a good move. Yeah. <laughs> Avanti Trains. Yep. Yeah. And their beautiful new livery. And thirdly, cyclists and especially pavement cyclists. Yes. I'm going to go for cyclists just because they've been winding me up so much on social media recently. Yeah. Yes. They just can't they stop. They are sort of a ghastly breed of people on, on Twitter in particular. I don't know what it is about. I just don't know they're on their Lycra, I mean, those are the ones. I mean, I don't actually mind anyone on a bike who's not wearing Lycra because normally you can then say, oh, it's just somebody taking a, cycle, a bike cycle. Like me. Right somewhere. Yeah. Or you're trying to get from point A to point B. But these wallies that dress in Lycra, you're just thinking, what do you think you look like? You know, you're not in the Tour de France. You are not a professional cyclist. I don't care and who you think you look like. middle-aged men like you and me. Well, they are. They but are I mean, you know. speedometers as well. Oh, they've got all the gear. It's absolutely ridiculous. And this special go-faster helmets and all this. But absolutely mad. Okay, so I, I'd better pick 
Um, yours then, I think. I think that's yeah. how it's going to so work. It's, so uh, your three. Megan, Sean Bailey, and the director of the British Museum. Ah, yes. I think it's going to have to be Megan. It's going to have to be Megan. You love Megan. I Are do. we going to get an, uh, one of your impersonations? Harry. Harry. <laughs> Let's make a video, Harry. Oh, we made one yesterday. It's quite infamous, that. People now yeah. look at her and hear my voice. I mean, when she <laughs> talks, do. somebody actually, I think it was you that said, I now watch her and just hear my impersonations. <laughs> Harry. Harry, you can be the idiot and I'll be the star. And I'll be the star. But you can imagine her saying it. Okay. Oh, poor Harry. Poor I old Harry. So sorry I mean, one him. of these days, you know, you may have to go rescue him. You might, be, you might get the order. You know, you know. I'd, I'd do that one for free. <laughs> poor boy. How long is it going to last, Bets? Well, I say five years. And okay. I, I'd put a book open on five years. I would say, yeah. yeah. I mean, you have more experience than me, so I'll go for that too. <laughs> very Ooh, well put. That was, good. that was cutting, but, blow, but blow, true. Blow but very true. Defensive blow, truth. Blow. All right, so you have to pick my uh, three now. And your three so again, Mike. Sadiq Khan, the Daily Mail, um, and the BBC. You know what? Being a patriot, I'm going to have to go with the BBC. Yes, I think that's right. And the proms. They've certainly earned it this week with yeah. all of the plankery with the proms. So that means we've got the BBC, we've got Meghan Markle and the cyclists. So one of those We've drops got to away. Do the BBC. What number one? Yeah, you think? It's number one. You go with that. I'd go with that. I'd go with that. I'd go with that. I'd go with that. Should yeah. we do? Because it's a bit London century, we make cyclist number three then, and make Megan number two. Because it is Republican National Convention Week. Don't forget. And she's urging everybody, just 75 days to go. <laughs> to and that's quite change. close. And she goes, that's quite close. It's like, actually, it's not that close. 75 days is a long time to wait for a bus. You know? How is 75 days not that long? It's the blinking to the yeah. camera. Have you noticed that she does that to almost everybody she talks to, though? You know? It's just, it's is all, it a I mean, double I, blink? I never noticed. She's just acting. Is it a... I mean, basically, she's an actress, right? She's Every single clip she's that you see... She's very good. She's not very good when she's actually acting, but she's very good at acting like a princess. I've never seen any of her shows. Have you not seen all the, all the no. filth from Suits that she used to do? <laughs> no, I'm surprised. Oh, yeah. No, but that right. fast-forward button but might you'll be able to find it now, that I've told you. She's <laughs> also tight pencil skirt. There's, uh, there's a lot of sort of uh, snoggage going on. Snoggage. And, and she's quite awesome. uh, underdressed in quite a lot of it as well. Fantastic. Yeah. So, Again, right my up interest your peaks. <laughs> yeah, well, indeed. So uh, we've got the BBC as planks of the week, which is hardly surprising, really, because they certainly have dominated the news uh, and uh, I think they're very, very well deserved. Now, don't forget, uh, we'll be back next week with more planks. I'd like to thank you, Emily, and you, Will, for coming in all this way uh, to do this great work. However, what I will say is just before we go, don't go anywhere because we've got a little bit of a bonus coming after this. So now that we know who the plank of the week is, it is, of course, the BBC. There's only one thing left to do. So, Emily and Will, I'm going to ask you to please... Uh, stand tall for Queen and Country, and let's do a bit of this. Land of hope and glory, mother of the free, how shall we
Jesus.